Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Hey guys, we're coming off the heels of a very special 150th episode. I'm here to have episode 151, and much like the beverage itself, I'm hoping it's going to be a shock to the entire system and leave you feeling super, super good inside. We have much to discuss. Uh, Raw Underground is taking place. We have got ratings, fucking ratings to fucking talk about. And of an off-wrestling topic, OnlyFans. That's right. The OnlyFans account debate. Let's talk about it. So much going on and a whole lot more here for episode 151. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your man, the Jackson Butterfly, another motherfucker, your host, Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and I am AJ Orsini, and as I just said here in the cold open there, this is episode 151 that I am bequeathing onto all of you. And what a special number for all the Puerto Ricans out there. Bacardi 151 is about as Puerto Rican as Goya and fat asses. My God, what a history down the pantheon of Boricuaness is Bacardi 151. Uh, I have a mixed history, some good, some bad, but you know what? Love-hate relationship. That's what it comes down to. And episode 151 here, uh, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm exhausted, uh, running around all weekend here, but I'm finally glad I got a chance to sit down, talk a little bit with you guys, and uh, get this content out there, baby. That's what it's all about. It's all about those damn demos, baby. All about the demographics. It's all about the ratings. All about the ratings. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and just click on this. Okay, so episode 151 is in the is underway here and i got sand coming out of the back of my damn head we took took the family out to the damn uh out to the damn beach today jacob reese park over on the rockaways i'm not usually in that area it's not my usual place to be here in new york when it comes to beaches not uh, fond of the rockaway beach area but i gotta say it was pretty cool time today good to be out there i was in the hot sun for several hours, which is why I'm feeling very lethargic right now. I'm pretty sure once this is over, I'm going to cocoon myself in my room and relax a little bit with the wine and the misses. That's going to be a fun time. Also, this may be the male in me. Maybe this is just me being a fucking guy. I don't know. But there's something cool about going to the beach with a chick. Because a lot of guys go to beaches, especially as a group of guys, you know, let's be honest. We go to check out the ladies, right? They're all half naked, running around, splashing around, blah, blah, blah. 
It's usually what guys go there for. The swimming and the fun is all good too. You know, but let's be honest with you. They go for the ladies. Just like the same reason guys go to clubs. There's no reason for a grown man to be in a fucking club. Except to find or to try to talk to women. There's really no other fucking reason to do it. So, uh, it's nice to know that every time I go to the beach, I will be coming home with one of those luscious ladies that I was just gawking at at the beach. And, of course, I'd be gawking at my wife all the time. She's got a total hot bod. It's nice to know that I get to go home and play with that when I get home, which is what we're probably going to do if I play my cards right, which means i got to wrap this bitch up in a timely manner so I can go ahead and get some smush smush. So let's get down to the brass tacks of it, folks. Episode 151. And I got to talk to you guys about the ratings for just a second. I got other shit I want to get to. Uh, but let's start at the top here with the fucking ratings, okay? I am stunned every fucking day with this new age wrestling fan bullshit about the fucking ratings. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say that the ratings aren't important. I've actually talked about the ratings on this show before very briefly and never really went fully in depth about the whole rating system and all that stuff. But the rating system, first of all, only really became a popular thing, and it became a popular thing a long time ago. Back when Nielsen ratings actually meant the fuck. They don't mean dick now to the success of a fucking product, like, at all. It's nice if you get some high ratings. That means people are watching the TV. But shows aren't necessarily dead in the water if you can't pull high television ratings. This is, to, this is 2020. There are other ways... To get your views in, to get your viewing in, to get your advertisement out there, there's multiple platforms now for that to happen. Nielsen ratings, while still valid, are not the end-all, be-all like they used to be back in the day. But it always drives me eternally curious as to why wrestling fans keep weekly posting these fucking ratings about AEW and NXT over and over and over again. And not, to be honest with you, not just those two programs. I see people rating, I mean, debating Raw ratings and SmackDown ratings. I never hear anything about New Japan. I never hear anything about any of the other, like, R Ring of Honor ratings are never fucking discussed, ever. They're on TV all the fucking time. It's never fucking discussed. WWE and now AEW has joined the fray here as far as the argument about fucking ratings. And I have to ask the question, what the fuck is the importance to you, the person, the wrestling fan? What the fuck does it matter to you at all what these fucking ratings are? Versus, one versus the other. Who did better in the ratings? Uh, oh, AEW won three weeks in a row, and then WWE, uh, or excuse me, NXT will win like two weeks in a row, and then it'll go back and forth. Yeah, it's called ebb and flow. It's going to go back and forth for fucking forever. Until the end of goddamn time. What is the point? What, what, where is the merit in this? What are you so fucking concerned about? When it comes to the ratings. And I, I should have asked this on the live show. I know I'm asking redundantly now about this topic here. And I'm not going to get any actual feedback from it. But if you're listening to this episode from a download. I am genuinely curious as to what. Your explanation would be as to why these wrestling fans care so much about ratings. What does it matter to you? If AEW, let's say, as an example, 
was to lose in the ratings for the next 30 weeks in a row. 30 weeks. That's about four up. It's about seven months and some change. About seven months and some change. What are we in now? August. So that's uh, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. March. And then some change. So we might bleed into April just a little bit. Right? If AEW was to lose in the ratings every fucking week all the way into upcoming April, do they lose the contest? Are they take it off television? What are the rules to this war that I keep hearing so fucking much about? Right? It's, it's a fucking war. It's a ratings war. Isn't that what MJF said in his promo? There? We're in a ratings war. Is that really what we're fucking at? Because I witnessed a ratings war once. And this ain't it, partner. I don't know, I don't know what to fucking tell you. This does not seem to me like a ratings war. I see two entities struggling to stay afloat, trying to survive the onslaught of literally everything else happening in this fucking world. This ratings war, as everyone keeps calling it, is not exactly a war. What I, the war that I saw for television supremacy, we were throwing around numbers like 8 and 7 and 6. You guys are throwing around numbers like 1 and 2. That's not a fucking war. That is a fucking skirmish. If 7 and 8 is a war, 1 and 2 are like the two people who yell at each other from building to building in the ghetto. Like one project building. Shut the fuck up. No, you shut the fuck up. Like back and forth. That's what this shit is. It's not a war. This is a kerfuffle. This is a fucking... This is a mishap. This is a fucking misunderstanding. This is the equivalent of stepping on a dude's shoe in the middle of the street and the two of you are shoulder to shoulder for the next two hours without throwing a punch. That's what this shit is. There's no war. I've been saying this since the fucking beginning and no one's fucking listening to me. And I think now I realize why they're not listening to the fact that this is, this is not a fucking war. This is because what else do you fucking have, Right. AJ said, well, if it's not a war, because the war, I think, is the one thing making this thing interesting, right? NXT, it's up and down. Really good show here, really not so good show here. Pretty much consistent, week to week, regular, everyday, average programming. AEW is going to wow you on some weeks, disappoint you in some others. It's up, it's down. Shit happens. That's life. That's programming in general, not just wrestling. If if any entity was doing a live show for two hours every fucking week, it'd have ebbs and flows. It would have ups and downs. That's fucking natural. I don't understand why the wrestling fan gives a shit about the fucking ratings. And they do it, and I've seen them use these these stats being thrown around to win some sort of like online argument. Well, it's clearly a better product this week because of this, this, this. I actually saw someone going down to the fucking quarter hour. Well, in the first quarter hour, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What does it fucking matter to you? If you like this segment, if you like the show overall, if you like this talent, like them, love them. If you hate them, hate them. Whichever one you want to do. Stop flooding my fucking timeline with fucking ratings. No one gives a flying fuck about the goddamn ratings. WWE cares like, I don't know, like a little. 
<laughs> they care like a little bit. They're starting to care now because they're hitting 1.9, 1.8. Now it's becoming an issue. But when they were doing 2.4, 2.6, they didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. Times change. They got the service, the network streaming service. They've got other avenues to make money when it comes to the WWE. They don't need, they don't, they don't give a shit. Back when it was just about the ratings, they cared. And that was when the real war took place. This was before dot-coms were really generating funds for people. This was before they had the merchandising the way that they wanted it. The, the interactive app. That before it became just a conglomerate all on its own. Just a pure outright brand. Like a Disney or a Coca-Cola. Yes, there was a rating war. This is not a fucking ratings war. Even if AEW... Uh, I was going to say, even if AEW wins. Who the fuck wins? How do you determine win? Because Raw and Nitro fought to the fucking death. We don't have fucking Nitro no more, guys. That was how we won the war. That don't mean we as in I'm like a part of the WWE. I'm just saying in general, that's how in our generation, that's how the war was won. One guy won. One guy lost. And the guy who lost disappeared fucking forever. Into the, into the nether realms with him. Is that what's happening here? Are we going to have one of these Iraqi wars where it's f every Wednesday for the next 20 years? Just back and forth with the fucking ratings? It's, ri it's ridiculous. Cut, cut it out. No one gives a fuck who won in the fucking ratings. No one gives a flying fuck. Executives barely give a fuck. So you should probably stop giving a fuck too. And speaking of giving a fuck, gonna go ahead and move on to the next topic here. My boy Marty's in the news again. My, my boy Marty. Marty Janetti. Now I don't know if you guys saw the Facebook post. But boy, this guy is something else. I got to read it. It's right in front of me. I got to read this. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Marty Jannetty, one half of the famed Rockers tag team with Shawn Michaels, although I give him credit, he had a pretty good career without Shawn, but that was definitely the highlight, right? He did a lot of cool shit, but he kept getting in his own way. He had some bad habits, and uh, he became the tag team abatross, right? Every bad member of a tag team is the Marty Jannetty of that team. That's usually how that goes. So anyway, he, he, he took to the, f the Facebook again, because it's not the first time. This is the same guy who put up a post about, what was it, d dating, dating a kid or like dating some girl that was like her, his daughter's age or was it his exact daughter? I don't even remember. He's, he said some outlandish shit in the past on Facebook. So anyway, he was talking some shit on Facebook and, and then he hit the world with this shit. I never told no one this, even my brother Gino. I'm referring, I believe he's referring to Gino Hernandez. Because Gino would have killed him. And I didn't want my brother gone. Hell, he'd only recently come home from Vietnam. He didn't even put them together. Vietnam, not Vietnam. I was 13, working at a Victoria, Vic, Victoria, Vic, Victory Lanes bowling alley, buying weed from a blank that worked there. And he put his hands on me. He dragged me around to the back of the building. You already know what he was going to try to do. That was the first time I made a man disappear. They never found him. 
They should they should have looked in the Chattahoochee River. But Win but Winnie, the girl in these pics, he was taking there was some photos on his Facebook. I likes you so damn. I likes you so damn much. He talks like Beast Boy from Teen Titans. I likes you so damn much, girl. I likes you so damn much, girl. Probably my favorite. But I promised myself back then nobody would ever hurt me again. That includes you. I loved you, but you hurt me with your, again blank, Jamaican jealousy. You can go on your own way. I don't need you. So I'm assuming this was supposed to be some sort of uh, I will survive post from him. I gave you everything, girl. I likes you so damn much. He literally wrote that like Beast Boy from Teen Titans. I likes you so damn much, girl. And then he quantified that he gave the jealousy and ethnicity with your fucking Jamaican jealousy. Ooh. I'm assuming that's a different type of normal jealousy involved with curry or something i don't know whatever so the second part of what i just read here was the most important that was the first time i made a man disappear they never found him and is this a real place they should have looked in the chattahoochee river is there such a thing as a chattahoochee river let the google explain i'm gonna pull it up now fuck it what's going on we're live, sort of. Chad, okay, he spelled it all kinds of wrong, but it does exist. The Chattahoochee River. I hope I'm saying that right, because that's how I'm saying it from now on. I don't give a shit what the proper pronunciation is. It is the Chattahoochee River. Now, here's the thing. He's claiming they should have checked that river, right? I'm looking at the statistics here. This is a pretty long fucking river. Goes from Florida, seemingly all the way up to the fucking Carolinas. Source, Blue Ridge Mountains. This fucker is deep and long. How'd they get from the bowling alley into the fucking river? I don't know. The specifics are out of control. But the reason why I'm really bringing this up, because this is a legal matter. The police now all of a sudden are starting to investigate the claims. Hold the fuck up. How many people have you made disappear, Mr. I Can't Stop Talking on Facebook? Which is the real subject matter in which we want to discuss here. So I have it here right in front of me also. The police department in Columbus, Georgia will be investigating claims made by Marty Jannetty. There you go. The first step will be seeing if any it will be seeing if we have any missing persons or unidentified remains cases that match the limited information in the post. Boy, they went looking. In the Chattahoochee River. So the main reason why we're bringing this up here isn't so much of the case or the admittance. It's the source, as in the element that he used to make this revelation in the first place. Vito. You guys remember Big Vito from fucking uh, WWE? Uh, he was in ECW as well, but he was uh, WWE momentarily. I believe he, it was WCW where he got the dress gimmick over. He was walking around, big buff Italian dude, walking around in a dress. He was wrestling in a dress, uh, which is not a shot at him. He just was wearing a dress. That's kind of what the gimmick was. And he was a pretty good wrestler. I remember he was he was a decent guy, man. Good guy. Well, he put this Facebook rant up. Basically, I'm not going to read through all that. But the basic rundown of it was is he just wishes people would mind their business. Look, just mind your business, okay? He says some stupid shit, okay? 
they're looking into it. He's handling his situation. Just shut the fuck up, okay? Just mind your business. Look the other way. Let this dude do what he has to do, right? No, not right, Vito. If this was something that was dug up, if this was something where people were investigating him with no real cause or reason, and they were just digging to dig, and they pulled some shit out of their asses and out of the graves, and they said, okay, we've got this motherfucker now, that might be a different story. That might be a different story. But he put this motherfucker on Facebook for everybody to see and read. As a matter of fact, he put it on there so people would fucking read it. There's no other purpose of putting shit on Facebook than to have other motherfuckers reading your shit. There's no other reason to do it. He put that shit up there so people will fucking read it. So the whole mind your business thing right out of the fucking window, Vito. If you don't want us in your business, do not include us in your fucking business. This took me back to the Will Jada situation. The entanglement bullshit. It reminded me just like that because I had a friend on my Facebook who said the same thing. I don't even know why it's a concern of yours. Why would you even waste your energy on this? Let these people live their lives. Nah, bitch. They made it everybody's business to know what the fuck, step by step, what took fucking place. And they did it for the record for ratings. They did it for views. They did it for likes and dislikes. That was the reason they fucking did it. Because they opened up that show with Jada saying all these media people were saying all of these things and we stayed quiet. We stayed quiet. We didn't respond. And there they were prepared to respond, which means they didn't respond because they didn't want to give away a free story. They wanted to capitalize on it. So they told it on their her bullshit little red table talk show so that she can get views and likes. That's what she did. That's what they all did, and it's what they all do. People who are seeking attention, nine times out of ten, will get fucking attention. So for you to be one of the boys and sit there and say, well, everybody should just mind their fucking business. Everybody should just mind their fucking business. What the fuck is it business of yours? What's going on in his life? None, Vito. It's none of our business. But this dickhead keeps including us in our business. If he would have said nothing, there wouldn't have been nothing. And I think a lot of the older generation guys, and I'm including people who are in my generation, I'm 37, there's a lot of late 30s men in particular, who don't understand the depths of what this social media shit really is. And how far it can really fucking go. And how dangerous this really could fucking be. They think it's just some bullshit little app on the phone that people talk shit on all day. And it's just blah, blah, blah. No, my friend. This stuff carries power. Social media has become a convenience and a routine for people. For a good majority of our society, this fucking system is our fucking lives. All that shit that used to happen... That on the road, because he was bringing up road stories and shit. All that shit that used to happen on the road. 
back in the 80s and the 90s when they didn't have the internet and stuff like this where you could literally fucking murder someone in the middle of the fucking street and ditch the body on the side of the road and it will never come back to you. It's just, ugh, it's just something you just forgot you did. And there's no videos of nothing. There's no pictures. There's no nothing going on. It was easy as peasy. People were doing lines of coke in the middle of the street. It was a fantastic world. It was the 80s and 90s. Get away with a lot of shit. With the invention of the internet, all that shit is bye-bye. You can't sneeze. You can't wipe your ass. You can't take a breath. You can't eat a booty. You can't do nothing without the fucking internet knowing about it. Everything is online. That's why I laugh when people say, so they're trying to microchip us. For what? What would be the person of implanting us with a plastic metal object when we give away our information so fucking freely? So fucking freely. What information do you possibly think is unaccessible right now by the government? What piece of information do you have identification-wise, bank history-wise, financial history-wise, career history-wise, any-wise. You really think the government doesn't already know your social, your, your, your fucking internet passwords, your fucking routing numbers, everything about you? They need to fucking chip you? I'm getting off topic, but you guys get what I'm trying to fucking say here. This internet and social media bullshit, it runs the fucking world. So this whole bullshit idea, well, just mind your business. No, bitch. You mind your business. Keep your fucking mind, literally mind your business. Keep your business in your mind. Don't speak it into fucking existence. And no one will know. Everybody's got secrets. I got shit going on in my life that I don't talk about on this show and I don't put on the internet. Everybody, how all... If you look at my Facebook history, my Twitter history, my Instagram history, you'll never see a single fucking thing on there about me and my wife having a fight. Not one fucking thing. Not once. From either of our social medias. She only has Facebook, by the way. She doesn't even have a Twitter or an Instagram or nothing like that. She only has fucking Facebook. And you'll never see anything out there about us fighting or not get along because that's not your fucking business. And we make sure that it stays not your fucking business. So we don't fucking talk about it. You understand what I'm trying to say? We don't fucking talk about it. That's how that fucking works. Don't say nothing won't fucking be nothing. You see? How fucking easy was that? Okay? So good luck to you, Marty. <laughs> Seriously. Good fucking luck. A lot of people were giving me shit about Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. I'm not going to go too deep into this shit because it's a waste of my time and everybody else's. They wrote themselves into a fucking hole and they had to do something. That's it. That's the only, that's how we got here. And for those who are wondering where here is, Pat McAfee, former NFL player, Former NFL superstar, former NFL legend, Indianapolis Colt, alongside the great and powerful Peyton Manning. I got you guys hype, right? He's a fucking punter and a kicker. 
He's the guy on the team the team doesn't give a shit about. That was his, that, <laughs> that was his fucking role on the team. Okay? And somehow got hooked up with the WWE. He's that wild running around dude trying so hard to get over with fucking people. And him and Cole got into some shit recently. And people were wondering, it's got to be a work. No, it's a shootout. It's got to be a work. And because <laughs> they're trying to spark interest from any general fucking area, this turned into something. And not only did it turn into something, it turned into something apparently warranted enough for a fucking takeover match. So at NXT TakeOver 30, Pat McAfee is going to wrestle Adam fucking Cole. In a fucking match, so to speak. If if they were going to play along and lie, and lie to me to my face, they would have made this a no disqualification match, because that's the easiest out in the world. Think about it. Every non wrestler who's ever competed in the match, it's always no holds barred. And so they can do all that goofy shit, like swing chairs and weapons and shit, to make it look even or competitive. This motherfucker is a straight-up wrestling match. To do what? How do, Does Pat McAfee get over in this? Does he become a full-time in-ring performer from all the momentum from this great clash with Adam Cole? Does Adam Cole look like even more of a tough guy going into the main roster, beating up on a retired place kicker from the NFL? Is that where we're headed with this? Because that would be hilarious. That's hilarious to think about. This is a go-nowhere situation, and they're making more out of it every day. More out of it, and more out of it, and more out of it, and it's going to lead to fucking nothing. What a fucking waste of a match at TakeOver 30. Which I might not even watch because the last two shows, what was it? In Your House and Great American Bash. I'm all good. I, fool me once. And then fool me twice. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not definitely I am definitely not watching it fucking live. Definitely. But who knows? Who knows what will happen here? Some more weird shit happening on the program. You know, for someone who's not watching the Raws and Smackdowns, because I don't watch them anymore. I stopped watching. I, I, I just delete them. I just delete them. Dominic has a, a wrestling match at SummerSlam against Seth Rollins. Okay? Weird, weird enough. That's taking place. There's a weird fucking thing going on with Braun and... Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss, which I don't understand. Maybe I would understand it more if I was watching. I doubt it. And you can you can correct me if it's if it's if this programming is doing fantastic, you can let me know. And then we got Raw Underground. Let me talk about Raw Underground for a fucking just for a goddamn second. Because Raw Underground has convinced me once and for fucking all. That everything that I have been saying about this empty arena bullshit is 100% accurate and now it's made me fear the worst. Now, when I saw Raw Underground, and I didn't see the whole thing, I saw bits and pieces on YouTube, okay? So I'm sure there's more on the show, I just couldn't stomach 
and bring myself to getting on there and watching the full thing. I get the concept. It reeks of desperation, but I get it. I understand. They're struggling. They're looking for anything that will fucking stick to that wall. Anything. Look at this retribution bullshit they got going on. Anything that will stick to the fucking wall. And I got bad news for fucking everybody. It ain't going to stick. Nothing's going to stick. We've made a huge, huge fucking error. We've made a mistake. A huge boo-boo here. We have shown our hand as a profession. We've shown it. And it's only going to get worse now from here. Our actions as a whole, and I'm including myself in this, our actions as a whole has given way to the secret formula. We've experienced a shifting of power, and it's a shift we may not be able to get back. I'm not going to go so far as to say that wrestling is dead. That's too far. I know what other, other podcasters are telling you. That it's dead at this point. I don't believe that. I will never believe that. There's got to be a way to get back. I'm sitting here right now talking to you. I don't know what it could be, but there's got to be a way. There absolutely has to be a way to get it back. But let me explain to you what I mean by that. The shift in power. Okay? What Raw Underground has shown me. And it's not like, I know I said stick to the wall because it was just a general idea. But I'm talking about the concept. The concept of Raw Underground. This shoot fight, fight club-like situation. And you got guys in there all grunged out. You know, jeans, t-shirts, and they're just fucking each other up, right? And to the outside eye, sure, it might look enticing in the beginning, you know. It's a different look. It's dirtier, it's grittier. We're tired of seeing all this clean, perfect professional wrestling, right, with the trons and shit. It's just two guys, no ropes, on a platform, just beating the piss out of each other. That's the idea. But it doesn't work. And it won't work long term. For those who are saying, well, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, you enjoyed it right now. And in a few weeks' time, it'll, you'll be over it. And you'll be over it for the same reason everyone's over everything in wrestling right now. No atmosphere. There are no people. And that's the problem with everything. Some of these ideas that have been done during the course of COVID since March, on every brand, on WWE, on NXT, on AEW, everywhere, without the atmosphere, without people to convince the others that this is good, We've revealed our hand. You ever heard the term smoke and mirrors? Where the average wrestling fan, the casual, is starting to smell smoke and see its own reflection. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Wrestling, no one does better advertisement for wrestling than wrestling fans. The hardcore wrestling fans who know this shit through and through, who pay attention to every note, Every star, every company writes down the finishes and the, and the, and the win-loss records. I mean, the true blue, in-their-blood, hardcore wrestling fans will go to this show, will watch the program, 
regardless of who's on it, what it is, because it is routine and because it is something that they just enjoy doing. But the hardcores, this is what makes the hardcores different from the casual. Hardcore fans are in on the joke. They know that what they're watching is a full-on work. They know. We know. We're aware. We're taking the ride. Because if you get good wrestling in front of you, you can forget. You can lose yourself in it. And that's when it becomes fun. Ask any wrestling fan. They know that this is a work. They get it. These are spots. They understand. But they appreciate the athleticism. They appreciate the effort. They appreciate what these performers are willing to give to either put a smile on somebody's face or make them cry or make them mad or make them jealous or make them horny or make them ha 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 I sharded myself. All kinds of different emotions that you can go through. They appreciate the ride. Casuals, average fans will appreciate some rides will not appreciate others. They're not invested enough to be able to suspend their disbelief well enough to follow the program without an atmosphere. Wrestling fans, I just said it a second ago, are the best advertisers for wrestling ever. I'll give you the example of the casual girlfriend who never watches sports. Your girlfriend never watches sports. I fucking hate sports. I don't enjoy watching them. I don't enjoy participating in them. Sports suck. But I love my boyfriend, so I'm going to go with him to the bar and I'm going to watch, I don't know, football, right? Then she goes to the bar with her boyfriend and they're there with the friends and other people at the bar and the guys are all over it and they're getting hyped. Defense, bomb, bomb, defense. And the cheers for the touchdown. It's hard not to get swept in the emotion that you feel in the room. And she'll sit there and she'll tell you, you know, I'm not really big on sports, but this was fun. I could do this. This is something that's fun. And then you do it the second week and the third week. And the next thing you know, she's wearing the jersey. She's got the face paint on. She's ordering the wings. She's got a beer in her hand. And she's talking shit to your other friends. Are you fucking kidding me? That was the wrong fucking guy to throw to. He should have checked out over here to the side and run up. He's got a lead blocker. What are you, fucking blind? That's how people get into it. But by the same token... When that relationship ends, she's not with the boyfriend anymore. Sure, there's a little bit left in the tank. She'll watch a game or two at the house, maybe listen to a little ESPN radio like she used to when the boyfriend used to have it on all the time. But eventually it'll fade, and she'll stop watching. And the jersey will be hung up in the closet all the way in the back, forgotten about. No more of the wings and the beer. No more of the yelling in the bar. Because she'll meet a nice, sweet guy who is not into any of that shit, really, and just wants to hang out and chill and whatever. He'll have his own thing, and she'll try to incorporate that. It wasn't in her heart. She got into it and might even debate. She became a little bit of a fan, but it wasn't in her heart. It wasn't her passion. So she didn't stay. For the average fan, for the casuals who are watching WWE programming, 
when there was an audience, when the, the Royal Rumble had, what, 40,000 fucking people in it. If you don't like wrestling and you went to the bar with your boyfriend and you saw the Royal Rumble and Edge's return and grown men weeping over the return and seeing the sight of Edge return after nine years and, and the winner and the confetti of Drew McIntyre, it's hard not to get wrapped up in that. Of course you're going to watch that and go, fuck, I can't wait to see what's going to happen on Raw tomorrow. But when you watch this programming without the fans, without the pump, without the circumstance, without the big buildings and the, and the pyro and all these different things, without the smoke and mirrors, it's just a bunch of people standing around doing shit. And it's not as interesting. So they're gone. That's why your numbers are dropping dramatically. The only reason you have any numbers at all is because you have the hardcore fan base. But hardcore fan bases, any executive anywhere will tell you that hardcore fan bases are not where the money is at. You are not going to increase your profit margin relying on your everyday people. You get a nice financial fan base that will keep you in the game. But real money is made... On the outside funds. I'll never forget this for as long as I live. The greatest lesson I have ever learned in my life. And I've used the line on the show before. But I'll do it again here. The NFL. I will never forget this. The NFL. I forgot which executive it was. He was on ESPN radio one time. And I was listening to this. They made a big fuss out of it. Because it was a pretty controversial statement to make. But damn it he was right. I forgot which executive it was. I, 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 the name escapes me. This was years ago. Years and years, what was this, 2000, I want to say 2009, 2010 when I heard this. About 10 years ago. It was an executive out of the NFL. And they were talking to them about hardcore football fans and filling up the building and something about, uh, there was something about ticket sales they were talking about. And he said, out loud with his mouth, he said, we don't cater our marketing and our advertising to the hardcore fans. We don't cater our product to the hardcore fans. Because we know we have their money. They're hardcore fans. We know we have their money. So we don't focus our attention on them. We focus our money on the people's money we don't have yet. If that's where the money literally, not figuratively, that's literally where the money is in that other person's pocket. The hardcore fan who's going to buy the football jersey and paint his face and go to every game and buy the season pass and buy a PSL and come to, uh, even travel with the team on the road and go to the fucking uh, preseason games and all that bullshit, the, the midseason workouts, all that garbage. He's going to buy a ticket to go to the Pro Bowl. We have that guy's money. We need the money from the guy who's kind of on the fringe. Kind of dabbles in it. Kind of isn't into it. Well, watch it if it's on in the room. Not really. Eh, eh. That's the money that they're going after. And WWE as a brand follows the same model. That's why the hardcore fans always feel like they're not being heard. Because believe it or not, hardcore fans are their most vocal. A hardcore wrestling fan will tweet at WWE a hundred times. A hundred times with either complaints or constructive criticism, whichever way that it flows, and will never receive a response from the WWE. Maybe a like here and there, maybe a share here and there. But a random nobody on Twitter who's never tweeted at WWE 
will put out a tweet and a hashtag of, hey, just attended my first WWE event. Pretty cool experience. You guys should check it out. That'll be the only tweet that person ever sends out for WWE, but they'll retweet that. You know why they'll retweet that? Because it shows a new person trying WWE, getting a positive response from it, and getting such a positive response that they share it to the world. That's what WWE wants to share. WWE does not give a fuck that you sat there and spent 350 bucks on a replica belt and you use all the WWE pre, uh, codes for pre-sale tickets and purchase all the shirts and the memorabilia and the pop the pump was the Funko Pops and all that bullshit they don't care. They want the guy coming off the street with a bunch of money in his pocket and nowhere to spend it. That's who WWE wants. It's not who AEW wants, and that's their fucking problem, too. They got a reverse problem. WWE does not listen to the hardcores at all. AEW listens to the hardcores way too much. Way too much. And AEW's finding that out. Within the course of a year or two, that model will change, I promise you. Because they're, they're, they're open, they open the floodgates to all comers and all comments and all tweets and all real. They, they just let the door wide open and let anybody come say whatever they want. And even they're getting annoyed at this point. It was easier to do that when you were a niche. Now you're a big deal. Now you're a big deal. Raw Underground was supposed to be nitty and gritty and shoot style and all this crap. And all it really is, if you watch it, it's chain wrestling. It's all it really is. It's chain wrestling. It's easy. It's like a low-budget value version of it. Because there, there is some exchanges. There is some standing up. But for the most part, they're, they're just fucking training. They're getting in the ring. They're, they're doing practice wrestling stuff. Stuff that happens in wrestling schools all the fucking time. You're just putting it on TV and calling it, uh, it's underground. No. No, no, no. That's a horrible way to go because if you're good, you can't shoot and work and sell it like a shoot. Not today. Because just so we're all keeping track of this, that's what wrestling was originally. It was perceived as a shoot, but they were working. And they were working in a way where it was believable to be a shoot. We're way past that now. No one is doing anything now realistically that looks like a real shoot it's all work now and everyone's involved in the work so to go down there and portray yourself to be a shoot whilst having guys literally work matches it's not going to work you don't want to start going down the hole it's a shoot venue because ufc's got that locked up if you're going to do shoot shit you're not going to make it look any more better than the ufc does ufc does shoot shit they fight for real there's no blood, there's no swelling, there's nothing going on in Raw Underground. There's nothing that indicates to you this is a real fucking fight. So this won't last long either. Because people are not going to buy into it. They've seen your hand. They know that it's smoke and mirrors now. And now you're probably sitting there listening to this and you're probably saying, AJ, Jesus, why you got to be so pessimistic? Why you got to be so negative about this? If you think you know everything, how do you solve this? How do you solve this problem? How do we get it back? If you're saying we lost it, we showed our hands, we gave the power to the people because now they understand their true value to the show. 
that's the real power shift in this. You've shown that they have the real power at making this happen. How do you fix it, AJ? How do you get it back for the boys? How do you take the, the power out of the fans' hands and back into yours? And the answer to that question is, I don't know. As a matter of fact, I'm leaning towards you can't at this point. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, boys and girls. Once it's out, it's out. That's why I said in March, shut it down. I said this before WrestleMania. Shut it down. Because had you shut down, the last images that the people would have had of you were in big buildings filled with thousands of fans and it would have been majestic. That would have been the last image we left on. If you had shut it down and started playing your B-roll stuff and started playing uh, uh, a vintage footage over the course of the whole Corona deal and put out programming that would have involved interviews and, and keeping storylines alive and that whole deal, anything but wrestling in an empty building, you would have held the power in your hands. The illusion would not have been shattered. But you forced the issue. You kept it going. And now you have revealed yourself. We've been in empty buildings since March. It's fucking August. We were going, we were doing empty buildings leading up to WrestleMania. We're now doing empty buildings leading up to fucking SummerSlam. And I know people are hearing this. AJ, they're not empty. There's people that are, fuck those people. Not personally. They don't have a hand in this. I'm not trying to be negative or I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the people who are being asked to be fans uh, and, and fan members and go out there and, and cheer and beat on the glass and all that stuff. They're doing their job. They're doing what they're asked to do. I don't mean fuck them as in like fuck those people. They suck. I mean fuck them as in they're not doing the job that they're being asked to do because it's impossible to do the job they're tr they've been asked to do. They're trying to force chance. I've heard this is awesome or fight forever. All the stupid beta bullshit that fans do all the fucking time. They've tried. It isn't the fucking same. And I can visually see workers in the crowd. NXT star, not just developmental. I've seen NXT competitors in the audience beating on that fucking glass. Ruins it. Takes, complete, takes people completely out. It is not the same. And if, even if you don't know who those people are, if you're a casual and you don't know who those people are, you know they work for the company. No one else is allowed in there. It's not believable. We've lost the ability to make them believe in what we're doing. We've shown them how the nuggets are made. Breaking kayfabe on social media, talking outside of character on The Ellen Show, that's all one thing, man. Those are bad, too, to be honest with you. But you know what? You can survive those. You're literally showing your product with no fucking atmosphere. You've, you've spilt the milk, folks. It's over. There's no getting it back from that. Even when the fans come back, those casuals are, are going to know now that it was all... They're going to come back and they're going to see the fans come back in. It's going to be a big building. It's going to be sold out. You know it's going to be a hot atmosphere because they're going to get their wrestling back. <laughs> and I'm telling you, those casuals will take a peek at that and they'll say, Jesus Christ, I fell for it. Look how beautiful that looks right there. Look how good that looks. I fell for that. Because it didn't look like that when I was watching it during Corona. It didn't look like that. I fell for it. Damn, hook, line, and sinker.
Jesus. We've showed our hand, folks, and that's that. If you wanted to keep your cards within being seen by people, you should have shut it the fuck down. That would have been the end of that. One more topic I want to talk about, and then we'll go ahead and get out of here, folks. One more fucking topic. And this is going to be a quick one. I know it's the main event, but we're gonna, this is going to be a Lesnar-Goldberg main event. 90 seconds. No, 90 seconds. <laughs> it's going to be quick. In and out. Okay? Can I talk to you guys about OnlyFans for a second? Just real quick. This is a non-wrestling-related fucking thing. It's hilarious. to Fucking OnlyFans, right? Okay. So I was in a conversation with somebody the other day. As a matter of fact, let me pull it up. I should have did that before I uh, started this. Sorry. But I got to talk about it for a second because it's hilarious. I want to read the exact thing that sparked the conversation. Please let me find it in a timely fashion here. I got to see it. There it is. I found it. Woo. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to pause it and have to sit here and genuinely look. So somebody shared a snapshot of a tweet. And I got I to gotta read the tweet. OnlyFans. Has really, I'm reading the tweet. OnlyFans has really shown how prominent slut shaming is. Men happily watch porn daily, but now hate that girls can use the market that males created to their advantage and make a living from it. Don't hate the worker when you consume the product. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Let me preface my response to that. By saying, I have zero problem with OnlyFans. I have zero problems with any woman who decides to do anything on OnlyFans. As a matter of fact, while the, yes, there are some women on OnlyFans who are nude and, and either masturbating or fucking or sucking a dick or whatever on OnlyFans, anything they basically want, there are some women who are on OnlyFans who are not even naked. They, some of them are like fully clothed and shit. They're just doing sexy things, you know, like uh, reading sexy erotica or sitting there showing their feet or wearing panties and then taking them off and smelling them or whatever goofy shit that they get into over there on OnlyFans. My stance on OnlyFans is very simply this. Do you boo-boo? I don't give a fuck. I don't ha if I had tits and a vagina, I'd consider it because that's easy fucking money. That is easy fucking money. So, yeah, I would probably consider it myself. I don't know if I would do it, but I would, if I had the equipment, I would fucking, I would fucking consider it. I just recently found out there are some men on it, too. But they're like, you know, porn stars, guy guys, you know, like real fuck machines. They're, they're on OnlyFans, so they already have a clientele. You know, they got a fan base already. You know, we love tits and vagina, but you know what? Not for nothing. Women love a good dick, too goes two ways but the response to this because i think this is this needs to be cleared up if you're gonna defend only fans defend it defend it the way any normal person would defend something that they're doing i like doing this this is what i've chosen to do fuck off that's all you really need you don't really need anything else anybody who shares an opinion or slut shames that she put it here it's all bullshit it all doesn't it doesn't mean a fucking thing it's just shit that somebody said who gives a fuck? But I do want to address this tweet because it deals with a mentality that I think women should, sh women should be aware of that this is a bad mentality. I think women should be made very 
clearly aware that this is no good. Okay? Men happily watch porn daily, but now hate that girls can use the market that males created to their advantage and make a living from it. That's the part of the tweet that I want to talk about. First of all, men happily watch porn daily. This is true, obviously, right? But I think women have a hard time understanding why the fuck we're watching it. Why we're watching it. Why the fuck do you think we watch porn all the time? Well, let me not say all the time. Not every guy watches porn all the time. I have a very healthy porn habit, so yes, I watch porn. I'll watch porn without the intention of even touching myself. I'll just watch porn. <laughs> Depends on the porn. Not everything is fucking, you know, there's a lot of shit on Pornhub. You can get real... Cre- I'm at that age now where you, I, I enjoy putting creative little things in the search bar just to see what the fuck comes up. I, I can happily say about 25% of my porn searches are for research purposes for real. I just want to so I just want to see how the other side lives. But let's get to the tweet, right? But now hate that girls can use the market that males have created. We created the market because we watch a bunch of porn. We watch a bunch of porn because our urges dictate that. We watch porn, and I can't speak for every guy. But I've never cheated on my wife, ever. And the reason for that is twofold. My wife gives me sex, and I am able to control my urges when she's not around because of porn. Those urges that we get are very, very animalistic. There is a reason why we don't want our girls doing porn. Because when we watch porn... We do not see you as fucking people. When I watch porn, when people watch porn, we're in a room all to ourselves. It's a private situation. You are allowed in that moment to release your politically correct brain for just a few minutes and just get animalistic and just get the canola oil or the lotion or whatever you're into. I prefer jelly. And you get your hand down there and you go berserk and you just go to fucking town. And, you know, when you get older, your masturbation technique changes around. I used to just be more of an intense, hunched over, sad shame of a sweaty man. Now, you know, I could knock it out in a few seconds or I could really treat myself. You know, light a few candles, play some music, really kick back and slow down a little bit. You know, I, I, I could get my nut off in two minutes or I can take 20 minutes to pleasure myself. It all really depends. But the point of the matter is, is we don't want our girls doing porn because we do not look at porn the way you think we do. We do not see women. That's what I was saying when I said we get to turn off our PC brains and just go animalistic for a second. You are a series of holes and tits and ass in that exact moment. That's what... The, the feeling of leading up to an orgasm for us is, okay? and uh, For us, an orgasm, leading to an orgasm is some animalistic, brutal shit. We get, that's why, that's why it ends like a fucking Resident Evil cutscene. That's why it ends like that. We don't, when we look at, the, we, when we look at these women on porn, we don't, we don't take into account their feelings and their history. I don't give a fuck that uh, Shayla Styles went to fucking Yale or whatever fucking pussy-ass college she went to. We don't give a fuck that Tia Cyrus 
fucking had a was in a bad mood today because she stubbed her toe. We don't we don't give a fuck about back history. We don't give a fuck about these people as fucking people. Shake your ass, shake your tits, get me off, and get the fuck off of my uh, uh, laptop or cell phone. They're not people to us. We don't give a fuck about these people. If they fucking died tomorrow, we'd be on to the next set of tits. Most, I don't even know if women know this, but most guys kind of retire porn stars over time. That porn star that I liked when, when I was 18 and the porn star was 18, the porn star now is 37. I'm not watching her porn. I'm watching the other fucking 18-year-old or the 21-year-old or the, or the fresh-off-the-street 23-year-old chick who just got fucked with her first big cock the other day. It fucking mixes around. Guys watch porn in an animalistic way. Maybe not in, the, in terms of intensity, but it's just, you're just a series of fucking holes at that point. We get that out of our brains through porn. So that when we're with you, we don't have to put those urges on you. I have more time, I feel, over, I, over time I've developed a really good ability to listen to my wife, communicate with my wife, develop my relationship with my wife. I know my wife's hopes and dreams. I know my wife through and through. She's going to be... The fuck? Oh, 34. No, she just turned 30. She just turned 35, right. She just turned 35. I knew her when she was 18. I've taken the fucking ride here, okay? I've taken the fucking ride. So for me, I'm in a long-term relationship. If my wife just all of a sudden decided, I could use a few extra bucks, I'm going to show my titties on OnlyFans, I'd be fucking upset. Because I know... What the other side is like. I know that the guys who are looking at my wife's tits are going to sit there and say, holy shit. And they're going to fucking, they're going to treat her and they're going to talk to her and they're going to leave messages to her and they're going to jerk off to her in that animalistic sense. They're going to, in their brains, think of my wife as less of a fucking person. And I don't want that. So on that end, on the long-term relationship side, that is a major concern for me. I have a son. The last thing I need is for my son to be in college and be like, yo, I just jerked off to your mom's pictures like yesterday. She was, she was kind of hot back in the day. I don't want that situation for my fucking son. I know I wouldn't want that shit to happen to me. I don't want dudes walking up to the street on me talking about how they, you know, hey, when's your mom coming back on uh, live? You know, uh, you know, I don't want that shit. That's the long-term relationship shit. I've heard short-term relationship problems are even different than that one. Guys are being called out for being insecure little bitches. Oh, you're an insecure little bitch. Why wouldn't you want your girls hoo-ha all over the fucking internet for anyone to just click on and watch at any point in time? What a fucking loser you are to have morals and a sense of responsibility. Are you fucking serious? Listen, I said at the beginning of this, I'm all for OnlyFans. If a woman can make a dollar off of her tits, baby, make it. Go do what you got to do. But don't tell me, as a guy, that A, I'm not supposed to have an opinion on it, because I most certainly do. And women have a fucking opinion about everything, so take your medicine, ladies. I am not in charge of anybody's bodies but my own. 
I just told you two seconds ago. If my wife did it, I'd be pissed about it. But I can't stop her from doing it. It's her fucking body. She gets to make the decision on her own. Now, luckily for me, as soon as my wife found out about OnlyFans, all she did was laugh about it and thought it was a fucking joke. So I'm in the clear. I don't know about you other fellas. Good luck with this shit. Now, as far as the single female, this is the, probably the most simplest form that you can take on this. Your body, your choice. If you are honestly okay with your body being available online for anyone to see so long as they've got the money for it, all power to you. Go nuts. Your tits. I can't tell anybody how to live. If you're good with that, if 20 years, 30 years from now, somebody walks up to you and just like, man, I, I, I jerked off for the first time to one of your pictures. If you're good with all that, you're going to high-five the bro and all that other shit, all power to you, man. I've got no control over it. Go do what you got to do. Your body. I even said to myself, if I had tits, I would consider it. I would consider it, because to me, it's easy money. Somebody on the other day was just like, well, guys just can't respect the hustle. Sweetie, you're not hustling. You're just getting naked. That's not a skill. If It's a motor function at best. You took off of a shirt. You took off shirt. Now, the real hustle, the real work comes in when you're making real money off of your OnlyFans. Because every woman will get a, a jump at some point depending on the size, but depending on how you look and how you carry yourself on these OnlyFans and how personable you are to people, you'll get a jump. You'll be interested because you're new. But the real work comes in when how, how do you keep that interest? How do you keep that money coming in? Because in this tweet here, and make a living from it. Sweetie, making a living means that you're making a living off of it. You're paying your bills. You're paying your rent consistently. That's what making a living is. I make a living doing multiple jobs, and, and I'm happy with all of them. And I make a living with that. I've been doing it for several years. Paying your bills for a few months and then falling off the face of the OnlyFans earth is not making a living off of it. You made a, you made a good deal of money from it, but you didn't make a living from it. Living means you're living off of these funds for a good long while. Okay? If you worked at McDonald's for three months, you didn't make a living at fucking McDonald's. That's not how that term works. Now, I do know that there are women who make a living out of fucking and doing tastefully new shots and all that other shit. There are women and models who do that. But I don't think every time Dick and Harry off the street is making a living off of OnlyFans. I don't believe that. Not all of you are that hot. Sorry. Just like that every guy. I just said earlier, there's guys who are on OnlyFans, and I'm sure they're going to get a lot of money and a lot of attention because they've got fan bases. But not every guy is going to be able to make funds off of, or make a living off of OnlyFans. I got a pretty good size one myself, but I went on, if I went on fucking OnlyFans, I'm not going to make a whole lot of fucking money. There are other guys with bigger and better, okay? That's not how that works. So not everyone's, able, as she put it here, now hate that girls can use this market to their advantage and make a living from it. You can't make a living from it. Not all of you. Some will. The true hustlers will. That's where the skill comes in. That's the real hustle, making a true living out of it. That's what we're trying to warn you about. You're going to be showing your, your titties, your vagina, and your ass will be on the internet for life. Your OnlyFans account won't be open for life. So if you're okay with this, then go ahead, girl. I ain't going to get in your way. Make your money. This is America. Uh, uh. They catch you slipping up. 
It's real easy. Making money. I ain't going to be mad at you. I'm not, I'm not hating on you. And I ain't insecure about it neither. I love when women go right to that. They know because they know male ego. Like they, that's that's their thing. Yeah, you know a, a woman is real mad about shit when she starts throwing that. Well, a real man would comment at you. Well, a real man would blah 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 blah. But if you would have sit there and said, well, a real woman would blah 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 blah, all of a sudden there's the oh wait a second oh okay. You don't like it. All right, well then don't do that shit if you don't fucking like it. OnlyFans has really shown how prominent slut shaming is. Can you imagine? <laughs> we live in a society now where shaming a slut is a horrible thing to do. <laughs> I don't think you should shame anybody, slut or otherwise. But damn. Has OnlyFans has really shown how prominent slut shaming is because <laughs> because shaming a slut wasn't invented until OnlyFans was here. This was something that was new. Hoes on the corner never existed. Working that corner, being a good hoe all these fucking years, the world's oldest profession. That wasn't something that existed until OnlyFans came. Whew. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to end the show with this. I've been married, I'm married 17 goddamn years. If I ever got divorced or widowed or whatever the case may be, I ain't starting to fuck over. I'm going to go right back into that feverish, intense jack-off I was talking about earlier. That'll be me until I fucking croak. I ain't doing this shit with any any new chicks. That's it. It's over. I'm done. I am retired from the pussy game, which means when this pussy goes away for any reason, I'm done. So I'm trying to keep her in shape and keep her healthy because I need her around for a while. <laughs> I ain't through with my dick yet. Not yet. I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet. I'm approaching my 40s. I still need my dick. When we start getting to the 50s, we'll have a conversation. I might have to retire my dick. My dick will go up in the Hall of Fame, though, up in the rafters with all the, with all the other great dicks who have played in the game, all up there at uh, the, uh, the top of the rafters there, Hall of Fame next to all the championship banners with all of my yearly undefeated pullouts, year after year after year of legendary pullouts. That's another problem you people have. Weak pullout games. I got banners up. They'd have to make a new facility with a larger roof so that I could put all my banners in there for all the championships my dick has won. Undefeated in the game. I've got off the topic, but that's okay. We're coming up to the end here. Next week, folks, episode 152. Got a special surprise for all y'all. Special surprise. There's going to be a huge announcement made by the bye. Uh, concerning my next live. So going live uh, every week or every other week or whatever the case may be uh, doesn't really work for me, uh, scheduling-wise. As you guys have heard, there has been some discussions as far as essential workers, so my schedule is going to be a little all over the place moving forward uh, after... Actually, I got about a week or two left of freedom, and then everything goes to shit. So uh, going live all the time like that is not going to be that great. So uh, a, an idea was brought to me, and I like the idea, and we're going to go ahead and go for it with that. Uh, I will be resuming live shows, but I will be doing them once a month, kind of like pay-per-views. These will be like my takeovers. 
that's what that's going to do. These will be like my takeovers. Uh, they will be uh, one-time pay-per-views. And the reason why I'm saving an announcement for next week is because next week I will be able to work out how this is going to work. And I'll have all more details. But my next live, I believe, will be the 22nd? No, 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 no. I wanted to do... No, 29th. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, no. You know what? I'm all over the flat. I'm all over the map. Let me double check the data on something. And then I will be able to tell you for reals, for realsies, what exactly my fucking... Okay, 22nd. There you go. Because I wrote it down, and I need to fucking look for it. So, yes, the 22nd will be my next live. That is two weeks from tonight. But next week, I will have all of the details as to what's going to happen on that live, why it's happening, and so far, and so forth. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying, and thank you for downloading. And, of course, thank you for sharing. Episode 151, y'all... 100 episodes now pay him and make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash a-j-o-u-n please he needs this listen to my daddy's show he's the best so I don't know